0: How good would you say you are at assessing value? Like how can you, can you tell a good deal from a bad deal? Usually uh, we, we can do this with cars or we exercise this with cars. Um, you know, you go kick the tires, you push on the suspension, check under the hood and you can determine, is this worth this much money or is it really a junker? Um, some people are good at this with antiques too. You know, this is the big story of Antique Roadshow that, um, oh, this apparently worthless thing is worth thousands of dollars or this thing that is so beautiful and wonderful and has been in my family for a hundred years it's junk, you know? So uh, we, we, we learn to assess value on things. We, we can also do this in, in different ways than just money. We do this with road signs when we're learning how to drive. So if you remember like your first few weeks driving, there are so many signs on the road and there's people walking and there's cars and intersections and road signs and all this stuff. And in the beginning, you're just frantic because you have to read everything and um, you're kind of overwhelmed by it. But eventually you learn what are the important signs. And then you don't even see the other ones, it becomes kind of automatic. You just see, that's the one that I need, that's telling me where I need to go, that's the speed limit, okay. So we, we learn what the important ones are. We, we learn to sort through many things to find out what's important, what's valuable, so that we can make decisions, so we can move forward. So Solomon, in the first reading today, the Lord asks him the question, uh, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to give you? And Solomon asks for understanding. He asks to be able to tell the difference between good and evil, between what is important and unimportant, what is valuable and what is not valuable. And being able to tell this, to have this understanding, makes a big difference. I mean, this is why when there is a fire or the fire drill, they say, don't take anything with you. Don't grab anything, don't, just get out of the house. That's what's important right now. You're gonna get stuck and you'll burn to death because you focused on what was not important in that moment. Knowing this difference is, it, it makes the difference in business between success and failure. Having understanding makes the difference in school between a good and a poor grade. In medicine, sometimes it makes the difference between life and death. In preaching, it, having this gift of understanding is the difference between a long and bad homily and a good and short homily. I, in, in this last year, I have, have been, coming, I've been growing in this. Um, there was a conversation that I had with a parishioner where they just asked, you know, how are things going? So I shared some of the good things, some of the hard things. And um, this, this guy just asked me, are you doing what is most important? And it was like a light bulb, like I have, I mean, if I, if I spend 26 hours a day, then I will still not be caught up on everything that, that flies across my desk, you know? So he just asked, well, are you doing the most important things? And I realized, no, I am not. I'm neglecting the most important things for what is not as important, maybe relatively important, but not enough to put the important things aside. So that was, that uh, was a challenge great, gratefully received. All these examples we've been using so far are just like human and earthly examples, things that we learn how to live our earthly life. But the the thing that we're talking about, understanding, also has to do with eternal and spiritual realities. Understanding is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit that's given to us in baptism and is brought to fruition in confirmation. It's the difference between joy and despair, between love and apathy, between God and myself, and between heaven and hell. The gift of understanding is, is this ability to see the world with the mind and heart of God, to know what is important to him and so should be important to us. Okay, let's turn to the gospel for a moment with this, with this in the background, with this, uh, what we have talked about with the gift of understanding. We just are going to, we've got these three parables for the kingdom, but we're just going to talk about the first one, actually, the parable of the field with treasure in it, where this person comes across it, finds the treasure, buries it again, and then out of joy, sells everything that they have to buy that field with the treasure. So as you hear this parable, where do you see yourself in it? Where, where do you find yourself? Now you're probably saying, Father Rob, there's only one person in this parable. So either I'm the one who found the field and bought it, or I'm not in the parable. But no, there's a second person. They're not mentioned, but they're really there. Because there's a seller of the field. Somebody that this person bought the field with the treasure from. And the story of the seller is tragic. Because he lost the treasure. He had it, did not recognize it, and then sold it off. So if you're, in, if you're in church today, then you're right on top of the field. We know that the treasure is here, but what is an open question still is whether you or I in this story, whether we will be the one who recognizes the treasure and sells everything to buy it, or whether we will be the tragic story of the one who sold the field that we were standing right on top of. So there's, there's ways of selling the field. Okay, this is what I wanna explain. The first one is really easy. It's the obvious one. It's sin. The one who, who it, 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 it's stupid when we do this because we don't even sell the field for a good deal. We sell it for a pile of garbage, okay? So when we sin, like nobody says, that was a good idea. We just say, that was a bad deal. And you, you literally got nothing out of this deal. So these are just some, some sins. The examples that I want to bring up are just like, sins that are kind of commonly accepted. But when we, when we choose these things, we end up selling the treasure for a pile of garbage. So it can be, you know, skipping mass because we had something better to do, contraception, premarital sex, getting high on weed, whatever. These are always like nobody says, that was a good idea. No, no. Okay, so that's the, the, the first and easiest way to sell the field. We know all, the, all this already. It's sin. But there's a second subtler way where we sell the field. It's when we sell it for something that looks really good and is really good, but we still end up losing the treasure. Okay, so this can happen in two ways. The first way is for a person to, um, to, to focus on and prioritize goods of this life. These are not bad things. We'll say for the example that this person does not even sin in pursuing these things. But it can be wealth, or a nice house, or really sweet vacations, or rest, or beauty, or sports, or power, or whatever. These are all good things. But when we substitute them for the treasure, we end up poor. Okay? It can look like a good, like a good deal, but we, we still have sold the field. The second way that's even more subtle and easy to miss is when we do good things even things in our mind we do for God but we never have come to value what God values so you know everybody is susceptible to this and this this homily is like a real examination of conscience for me so the priest who works really hard and builds up the place and puts people in the right places and you know ministries are flourishing and everybody's having a great time when this priest dies and says, you know, I worked really hard, and we built up this parish, and it was incredible, then the person burning in hell next to him will tell him, yeah, but you never, you never knew the Lord. You missed the treasure. You did good things for him. You gotta remember this section from the gospel that is hard for us to understand, because when Jesus is explaining some more of the kingdom, and he says, so there's, there's this group, they die, they get to judgment, and they say, Lord, we, we cast out demons in your name. We healed people in your name. And Jesus says, I do not know you. Depart from me. And they are shocked. They missed the treasure. Okay, it's the same thing when Jesus is talking to Mary and Martha. And he says, Martha, you are anxious and worried about many things. But Mary has the one thing necessary. And we will not take it from her. There, there are a bunch of examples of this. You know, just imagine somebody who, maybe, maybe they've sinned in a serious way, and so then they're like, I gotta make this up to God. And so they just spend all of their life, all of their money doing good. They build a hospital where, where there's a great need for this kind of medical care, and they put their blood and sweat and tears into it. But the question God asks is, did you go to confession for your sins? The hospital is a beautiful and wonderful thing, but it is not what matters most to me. You sold the treasure. And you had something good, but it's not what is most important. Uh, we, we, value, we value other things. I, I had a conversation. It was similar to this. It was at a different parish, but it was sort of like, this, uh, I was talking to this guy, and he said, Father, you're going to love it here. I've been at this parish for 35 years, and I, I, what I was thinking was, I've been here three years, and I've never seen you before, and um, I'm, I'm, I, I can be kind of judgmental. Okay, I, I, I own that. It's not good. Um, but he said, I never go to Mass. I said, okay, oh, really? Well, like, how are you part of the parish? And he said, well, every year when the festival comes around, I put in like 80 hours of work, I give a bunch of money, and I'm, I, I really put a lot into this parish festival. And it's like, wow, that is great. That is generous. That is good. It is not a bad thing at all. There's no sin in this. But that doesn't matter to God in the end. I mean, it does matter to God, but it is not the most important thing. God is looking for something else. You can give all your blood and sweat and tears and money and energy, but he wants you. And he wants you to know him. And if you miss that, then you miss the treasure. So the point of this again, is that there are these subtler ways where we can sell the field. So I, I don't want you to misunderstand me. Somebody gave me some good feedback after the homily at the 8.30 mass. So I don't want you to say, you know, in, in a few weeks when I say, why don't we have any volunteers? You say, cause you told us not to. <laughs> okay, that's not the point. Uh, St. Luke is a a place of of generous people and they volunteer and they're they're energized and and they're generous and they give money and everything. And these are all good things. But without the main thing, the one thing, they don't add up to very much, okay? So yes, all of these things are important and necessary and good. But it's basically like this, Martha by herself, this is why Jesus challenges her, Martha needs what Mary has. It doesn't mean Martha's gonna stop doing what Martha does but she has to have the one thing that Mary knows. The question that we ask, that the understanding person asks over and over, is what is important to God? And the good news that we have today is that God has told us what matters most to him. We don't have to wonder. The trick is that, and this is, this is the whole point about these subtle, subtle ways to sell the field, the trick is that the, the, way, the things that he wants what is important to him, they don't look that important to us and they're easy to miss. They're easy to pass over. So it's easy for me and for any priest to spend a lot of time and hard work in serving people, serving the church, serving the Lord and neglect the Lord. To spend a lot of time talking about him but never talk to him. This This is a miss, you know. He has told us what is important to him but it doesn't look that important all the time. The treasure is Jesus, is knowing him is him knowing us and in intimacy with him. The treasure is finding him and encountering him in mass and in prayer, in learning who he is in the scriptures, in uniting ourselves to him in sacrifice, in coming to know his life in the rosary, in letting, himself, in letting him transform us in holiness, in uh, letting, us, let, letting him change us in repentance and confession, letting him meet us in humility. Jesus is the treasure. And you have to notice that about the treasure, there's no bargain with this treasure. This person, when he finds it out of joy, he sells everything that he has to buy the field to have the treasure. Without, there are no discounts, no bargains. Without selling everything, we will end up missing the field. And we'll, we'll encounter, our, our story will be the story of the tragedy of the seller. So I don't want you to hear this homily and be discouraged. Okay, like, wow, everything I've done doesn't matter. No, no, no. It's just, well, I just want to point you to the one thing, the treasure that we do not want to miss. And we find it through the gift of understanding. God pours out his gift of understanding upon us so that we can recognize what is actually of the most value, to know incredibly, to know what matters to God. And it makes the greatest difference It determines whether we're the buyer of the field or the seller of the field in the gospel story. So today, open your hearts and receive this gift that God wants to pour out on you, his gift of understanding, to to share his heart and mind and to see the world as he sees it, to know what is important and most valuable to God.